What is up, people? You are listening in to New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I have a great show lined up for you guys today. We'll be talking about some big rumors regarding the Marvel Fantastic Four project, a lot of rumored castings, some mega ones. You got a mega hero as a member of the Fantastic Four, a mega villain against the Fantastic Four. Both of these castings apparently either been offered or perhaps maybe in the works of signing a deal. So, We'll give you guys the latest on that. Um, this is also Guardians of the Galaxy week. Um, we'll have a review for you guys next week, but this week we'll be previewing Guardians of the Galaxy. We got some early reactions. So far, so good. These reactions, I'm not going to say that they're necessarily, uh, you know, making it sound like this is the next end game, but, you know, so far the reviews are pretty good. We have a Rotten Tomatoes score that's posted right now. It's, it's shifted up and down, but uh, actually recently it's gone back on the upswing for some of these reviews, so... We'll uh, talk about that Rotten Tomato score and some of the expectations at the box office for this weekend. And we'll talk about The Flash. This movie that, I'll tell you, has gotten so much attention that even the great Andrew Perloff from CBS Sports Radio was questioning uh, why so many people were so interested in The Flash. So, shout out to Andrew Perloff from uh, Maggie and Perloff, a show I worked on uh, this week and will continue to work on uh, this week. So, this movie's getting a lot of buzz. We had a new trailer came out last week. We had some interesting comments from people who worked on this film regarding Ezra Miller and our thoughts on their performance in this and what that will mean for his future. We got some thoughts from James Gunn about Ezra Miller's future. So playing to get to on today's pod. Joining me are my co-hosts starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, it's good to have you on as always. And I think one of the stories that is really captivating, not just even movies or Marvel movies or movies in general, but I think a lot of the American public is what's going on with this uh, Writers Guild of America strike that's happening. So I, if you watch any kind of entertainment, I'm almost certain you've probably heard something about it. You might not know so many of the details, but uh, long story short, the Writers Guild of America, which works a lot of their, it's a, it's a labor union, and a lot of their um, members work on various projects happening in Hollywood, whether it be movies, whether it be television shows, certainly a lot of late night shows, which are the first things that are being impacted. Um, they work on these shows and their union and they were working on trying to negotiate a new contract to meet certain demands that they are seeking as we moved into this uh, new era of American living where everything costs a fortune and life is <laughs> overall kind of sucks. And um, they have not been, I guess, met in a way that they like. So they have, after their contract expired on May 1st, decided to go on strike. So. A lot of production is being halted or being slowed down. Some things have just been stopped completely. Like, again, several late-night shows that are now having to go to, um, I guess, taped episodes that they'd done previously. So this does impact everything, and it, it will, let's talk about this impact potentially on Marvel, Sham. I, from my understanding, it seems like, one, one thing we learned this week is that James Gunn apparently sent in his first script for Superman legacy before the strike happened so we'll see how much it will delay that project but in terms of everything else my understanding is um as of right now perhaps nothing really will be impacted but it depends on kind of how long this strike goes as whether then we will see some delays um shows being moved back and movies being moved back and things like that yeah yeah we'll we'll it's one of those things we kind of just have to wait and see how the process plays out um, you know, I'm always in favor of people, uh, working people, um, you know, 
wanting to be treated better by uh, management. So, you know, in, in this case, and in this case, it's, it's uh, creatives, you know, people that are using their creative talents. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm totally in favor of it, you know, so I, I think they should, you know, do, you, you know, use whatever, you know, means that they can use their, their labor power and, and, um, you know, to, 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 uh, try to get a contract that they see as, uh, suitable. And it's funny. I actually first heard about this through, um, Charles soul, who's one of the writers for star Wars, many of the star Wars novels, um, and comics that I read. Um, and he, he just posted about it and he's, you know, striking and stuff. And it's affecting everywhere. It seems writers just everywhere, <laughs> um, that have written for various different things are, you know, are just n- not happy with this situation. Um, you know, and I've heard that they're also concerned about the whole AI thing, which I know that's getting into a whole other kind of conversation, but yeah, yeah I'm, I am, I am, uh, you know, this is definitely something to keep a close eye on and, and I'm hoping the writers get, get the, uh, you know, get the contract and the treatment that they deserve for their hard work. Yep. I totally agree. I echo in your sentiments and I support the, the union and the strikers, uh, with my full support. Um, Kendall joins us on the podcast as well. Kendall, one of the main sticking points in BC news reports, according to Entertainment Giants, Giants includes uh, the union proposal that would require companies to staff television shows with a number, certain number of writers for a specific period of time, whether needed or not. There's been a lot of talk of them, you know, slashing a lot of these, uh, you know, jobs at a lot of these places or not paying people if they don't work. So, um, and obviously the pay increases is a big thing as well. I saw one uh, quote here was that essentially that Hollywood has created a gig economy. This was from the uh, Writers Guild. The company's behavior has created a gig economy inside a union workforce and their immovable stance in this negotiation has betrayed a commitment to further devaluing uh, uh, the devaluing the profession of writing. So, Kendall, this is something that doesn't seem to be going away. Uh, one of the issues being the uh, profits that are being made by a lot of these streaming services. I think that those might be the ones that see the most issues, according to uh, WGA stats. Um, me, uh, writer and producer pay has declined uh, 4%, um, which is adjusted to 23% uh, via inflation um, since the, the boom of streaming, which is kind of wild to hear. So this could be uh, this could be trouble. This could be trouble and in terms of just what we see in regards to our entertainment industry, but for these people, they've been living in trouble uh, with how Hollywood it seems they've taken advantage of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever you have these sorts of deals, uh, you know, your first instinct is to is to definitely side with the with the with the labor with the union. Um, yeah, typically, depending on who you are, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is an interesting deal, obviously, uh, you know, last time this, you know, we saw a strike like this was 2007. So we've had 16 years of pretty good, uh, you know, relations, healthy, healthy relations. So, um, it's unfortunate to see you get to this point. Um, 
you know, I think the one one Marvel project that'll be interesting to to track is is Captain America because that one is filming. Yeah. Uh, or just you know, it's it's it, you know, it's it's filming right now. So you say to yourself, well, I mean, I guess the script is done, but you know, there's no real ability to rewrite scenes if something's not working, and you know, right. uh, that that's unfortunate for them you know right now uh we'll see you know i'm sure there'll be reshoots at some point and they'll have an opportunity you know if this is over to go back and you know change stuff if they need to but um you know it's not going to be the normal process that most movies have um but yeah i mean shamari outlined the 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 ai part of it i think that that's definitely uh a an interesting factor in all this i mean I was, I was reading an article where, um, you know, I, I believe it was Mark Guggenheim, you know, who, uh, you know, obviously, you know, producer on on Arrow creator of the Arrow and, you know, producer on The Flash and yep. all the Berlantiverse shows. He talked about how, um, you know, there was a, uh, you know, the, that chat GBT, you know, is, you know, we he was like, we're only seeing the bad version of it right now, you know, but six months from now and two years from now, um, the stuff that it's going to be capable of. I mean, NBC News had a they, they, they did a story where they they uh, asked chat GBT to, to make a um, to write a write a write a uh, an episode of some show. I forget, I forget what show it was, write an episode of some show. And the thing came back within seconds with a, a six paragraph outline of a of an episode of whatever show it was. And they you know, they said it wasn't it wasn't like it was great, but uh but it just showed, highlights the <laughs> the fear, you know, that, that 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 of what, you know, this kind of technology could become. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a completely new episode. Like why like yeah. you had some old episodes. You created it used the characters that are in the universe and created some <laughs> you know, hypothetical episode. So that's what these writers are scared of. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, you're not going to need me or you're going to need a lot less of us if you can just rely on the algorithm, and, you know, and the algorithm isn't going to capture the same kind of human element that you're supposed to you know have. You know how trash that would be if that re- they re- really get to a point where they're just using AI to write story. That would be so trash. And it's just so, so weird and scary <laughs> feature, but... But yeah, that's what we're trying to prevent now, and I think it's smart to get out in front of something like that as opposed to you know waiting until some you know quirky some quirky tech billionaire decides that that's what we need to do. Yeah, and uh, Kendall, and Kendall, you mentioned the the issues with AI, and actually, I want you guys hear from Clark Gregg, who was uh, picketing with uh, some of the people today, talking about those concerns regarding AI. I think it is a real concern. I think it's what's especially scary about it is. Nobody, including a lot of the people who were involved with creating it, seem to be able to explain exactly what it's capable of and how quickly it will be capable of more. Yeah, I mean, it's never good when, you know, people are creating stuff, as Clark is saying, and then you ask them, what would this mean? They say, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, the concerns of AI go obviously even beyond just this specific thing regarding scripts. I mean, people putting people's faces on certain things. I mean, it's there's a lot of things that are starting to become a little concerning about the, the expansion of AI. It feels sometimes like we're living in Terminator or an iRobot. It, or something and like it's that. funny hearing Clark Gregg say that because I just heard Colson talking about the LMDs. That, that's what I just heard. 
<laughs> I know. Yes, yeah, I feel like I was watching. I feel like you were watching like a episode of um, Agents of Shield, listening to Clark Gregg. Of course, Clark Gregg having played Phil Coulson in uh, the Marvel movies, including the Avengers, and of course, uh, starred as Phil Coulson in Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yeah, man. Um, well, shout out to the people picketing and fighting a good fight. Um, the 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 wage theft that is happening is nasty and i think theft is the right way to put it when you say you're making record profits and you're paying executives crazy money and and inflation is going through the roof and you're finding a way to cut pay not increase pay that's nasty work that's nasty work and and it's coming from like the richest of richest corporations you're talking about netflix disney um you know Amazon, I mean, you know, like this Apple, like, like, like the, we're not talking about the sisters of the poor here that are being represented by, uh, the, you know, the entity that, that, that negotiates with the, the, uh, the, uh, writers guild of America. So, um, also shout out to a lot of these. I mean, I don't, you know, obviously I don't know a lot of these folks, but there are a lot of folks that I didn't realize like that were a part of the writers guild of America that are out there picketing. Like shout out to Danny Fernandez. Like she, you know, I know she's worked on a ton of stuff. Like I didn't realize she like actually is a part of this guild, but a lot of these young creators that we've kind of grown to be accustomed to, and grown to like their work or just like their presence on the internet, like a lot of them like they're doing real jobs and their real jobs is working on these shows and things like that, and like seeing a lot of these folks like in the picking line. Some of it is like sad because like man, like you, you don't want these people to be in these situations, and when you learn that these people are been dealing with the crap that. Um, the Rise Guild of America is saying that they're dealing with like that kind of sucks, but at the same time, you do sense feel a sense of like solidarity and support for them to see them fighting this good fight. So, uh, and I know we all wish them the very best as they continue uh, that fight, and we'll see um, what it means for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what it means for the DC Universe. You know, I, I know. Look, I just want these people to get what they want, so we're not gonna sit here and cry. Means <laughs> we're two, three months late on a movie, but um, we'll continue to follow the story and. Um, as it continues to uh, maybe more of an impact, we'll give you guys the latest on how that all shakes out. But um, let's talk about some of this big news we got this week. So Marvel Studios could be closing in on a mega casting for the Fantastic Four movie. So Daniel RPK says Marvel has offered the role of Sue Storm to none other than Margot Robbie. Yes, Margot Robbie, most recently starring in Barbie, the same Margot Robbie that has played DC's Harley Quinn in several movies, two suicide movies. He played Harley Quinn, also playing Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey. I don't even want that whatever that movie was titled, the Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Harley Quinn, whatever that was. That movie as well, uh, she played Harley Quinn. But now it seems like Marvel may be getting a big coup here with them offering this role to uh, Robbie. Several others had had corroborated Daniel RPK's first report that this had happened none of the trades have said anything yet which is interesting we'll continue to follow what that means also rumors that antonio banderas could have been offered the role of galactus in this film as well so those would be two monster castings one for a hero one being a major villain in this movie and then on the flip side we heard some rumors about paul mescal maybe being offered the role of human torch those rumors seem to have died down because of his latest casting in the new Gladiator franchise. So we'll keep the updates on the Human Torch. There was all this Mila Kunis stuff that's been happening about whether she was playing Sue Storm and maybe she's playing Thing. 
she says she's not playing anybody, but she knows who's in the movie. So, so much happening with the Fantastic Four. But, um, Sham, I want to begin with Margot Robbie and this being kind of the, the main thing that we kind of latch on to regarding somewhat credible news we got from this week. Is Robbie a good fit for Sue Storm in your eyes? Um, I mean, I think she could be. Um, I would see. It's hard to say because the only when you there's a, such a vast there's a really big chasm between Harley Quinn and Sue Storm. Those are those are like on the, opposite entirely sides different of the characters. Yeah, but opposite. There are opposites. So, um, so I I have nothing to base <laughs> in terms of being able to base how her ability or, or lack of, or lack thereof to play this character. Um, though I'm sure Margot Robbie, I, I would, I would, I would tend to believe that Margot Robbie can play Sue Storm. I don't think that she's incapable of playing Sue Storm like in a, in a reasonable, um, because Sue Storm is a measured kind of, you know, but, but, you know, strong female character. Like that's, and if you're able, she certainly looks the part. She checks that box, um, which is different from the Adam Driver, which, of course, we talked about before. Uh, but she checks that box entirely. So really, it's just a matter of of can she pull off just the performance? And I think I would think playing someone like Sue Storm would be easier than playing someone like Harley Quinn. That's just and I'm not an act, actor, but I, that would, would just be my presumption. So I, I wouldn't be I would be fine with her um play playing Sue Storm. I do think it's it's interesting that it's noted that it was just offered. Nothing was accepted. No, it's not even mm-hmm. being rumored that this is a concrete thing. It was just offered. So we don't know what's going to come of that. But I, I would think that um you know, I would think that that she would be able to play the character. So Sham is like not lukewarm, but I guess he's he says it's pot I can see it. But she, she, he feels that he hasn't seen enough from Margot to suggest that this is definitely a home run in this standpoint. Kendall, what do you think of the fit of Robbie as Har- as uh, I was about to say as Harley Quinn <laughs> as Sue Storm? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very interesting. I mean, I remember we would, you know, we've talked about this Fantastic Four cast for I don't know, man, four years now. You know, the idea, you know, who could be playing who and. You know, it's finally starting to come together. It feels like, you know, it. The, the, honestly, like the whole, the whole like Marvel scoop game is becoming a lot like, like, like the NBA. You know, where it feels like when something's happening, like you kind of know, you kind of know it because all the scoopers are starting to get the same scoops on the same stuff. Um, and that's that's feels like it's happening with Fantastic Four, where the, the cast is coming together in real time. Um, and I, when it comes to Margot Robbie as, as Sue Storm, I mean, you know, you're talking about, uh, I mean, if you're a Marvel and like you were game planning this thing, even when you when you bought, uh, you know, Fox, uh, if you're Disney, when you bought Fox and you knew you were getting Fantastic Four back, and you're talking about who do we want to play Sue Storm? I mean, the you know, we always talk about you know having that archetype. Uh, of an actor or actress for a specific role. And I feel like you, you definitely think of, you know, we need a Margot Robbie type, you know, in the Sue Storm role. You know, you, who knows if we're going to end up getting Margot Robbie, but that's the kind of person that we're probably aiming for. And I feel like that's why, I mean, there was a report from one of these scoopers that um, 
Margot Robbie was a person that they that had, I guess she had turned it down at one point earlier in the process, and I guess Marvel is circling back. Mm. And I guess you know the fact that the name has gotten out now makes makes you think that they they feel more confident about it now than they did back then. But interesting, um, you know, but I but obviously again this is somebody that you know that 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 fits the build in terms of what you're looking for with with a Sue Storm. Um, you know, I, the the thing about it is, the only I guess drawback or concern is, you know, is Marvel Robbie at this point almost too big to play Sue Storm? And I say that in the sense that like, is this gonna feel like it's just Marvel Robbie, you know, in a in a Marvel movie? Is it just gonna feel like Marvel Robbie in a Fantastic Four suit, or is it gonna feel like somebody that I can believe is just Sue Storm? You know. And that that's the only question that you may have at this point. Um, you know, I think even you think to like Jessica Alba back in the day, like especially if you're going back and watching it now, like you're just like, that's just Jessica Alba playing Sue Storm, like, you know, versus like other characters where you're like, No, that's that's the person, you know. So um so I think that that would be the only fear I feel like if you're Marvel. Uh and I saw Grace Randolph bring up the other thing where it's like there's just, you know, She's already playing Harley Quinn. She's already playing Barbie. She, you know, I mean, those are two of the biggest roles, right? Yeah. You know, blockbuster roles out there. You know, save some room for some other people. There's plenty of other people that could play this role. <laughs> um, so I think that that's that's the other part of it. But I mean, we talked about it. You know, when 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 this was when they when they bought the the property that, um, you know, I I had mentioned back then that. If I was Marvel, that my strategy would be to cast some of the biggest actors I can for this movie, you know, and not not necessarily go the quote unquote discovery route and find some four no names that no one's ever heard of and try and, uh, you know, hope that they make for the best team. I, I thought that you'd go for as many A-listers as you can get. Um, Adam Driver is, you know, pretty close to an A-lister, if not an A-lister. Margot Robbie certainly an A-lister. Um, and then we'll see what happens with. I, I doubt Human Torch will be an A-lister, but who knows? Um, and then we'll see what happens with 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 the thing. But um, but this is this is lining up with that strategy at least for for Sue and and Reed. Yeah, it is. I mean. Boy, it's so crazy. Like, I'm just thinking back. I was at, you know, not not to flex or anything, but I was at Madison Square Garden last night, and Jessica Alba showed up on the Jumbotron. And I got to tell you, of all the celebrities, I mean, the you know Aaron Rodgers got the big applause and mellow, but take away, like, the non-basketball or non-sports people, Jessica Alba might have got the biggest applause of the people that were there. I mean, um, and, and Alba had a lot of roles that led her to the A-list artist that she now still enjoys to this day. But Sue Storm definitely helped. So it it is interesting that they're looking at this role as something that they want someone established that they can push as opposed to maybe trying to build a star because I think that this is a role that absolutely could create a new star. Robbie's got an interesting... Robbie is extremely talented. Uh, I think she's an awesome actress. I think she's like legit. Everything I've seen her in, she's always awesome. She's awesome as Harley Quinn. It, not that she's always kind of played similar characters. She's played a different 
different kind of people like Queen Elizabeth in the movie. But like, I feel like the roles that I've seen her in, like where she's at her best, is where she's kind of like on that borderline of unhinged. Um, she kind of has that look of someone who could be not, and not to, you know, she's obviously a beautiful woman, but like, just like, she kind of has a look that, and she can, she can use her facial expressions and her body language really well. And it works with everything she does that Harley Quinn, or she's playing, um, Tanya Harding, like, you know, those are, those are arguably her two best roles ever. Even, um, uh, even her role in Wolf of Wall Street, like her being on that edge has always been like, where I think Margot's been her her best, she has some range, but I feel like I mean Sue Storm is as like cool, calm, and collected as they get. So this would not necessarily be a diversion from the work she's done because she's done other roles more in line with this. But I, I would say it's almost like you know it's almost like when you got a switch hitter and they're better batting lefty, and then you're gonna have send them to the plate to bat righty. This is almost how it feels for Margot Robbie, where it's like, Margot Robbie can swing from the right side of the plate, but like, man, when she's on, when she's on a hundred, is usually when she's kind of teetering on that edge of insanity. So it's kind of interesting to see that this is where Marvel sees her now. I think from age, I think from talent level, I think from look, I cannot say anything bad about this casting. I mean, this is someone who has. Uh, multiple uh, uh, Oscar nominations, multiple Golden Globe nominations. Um, again, an absolute star, someone who's played multiple different roles. But I do wonder if this is the best fit for her in terms of it. will we see the best of Margot Robbie in this role? But maybe this is a, a, a her chance to prove herself. I don't know. I'm always skeptical of these roles because we know these Marvel movies and I don't want to say most superhero movies, even DC, they're cash cows. So people could be looking for a cash grab. And sometimes I wonder, okay, you're just doing this because you know it's going to be a lot of bread coming your way. I don't know. But the other thing that I think is the elephant in the room is does this mean anything for the future of Harley Quinn? Like, I imagine the Fantastic Four are going to be, you know, a big deal continuing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not going to be a one and done. And we have no idea what James Gunn is creating for DC at all. Like, he's, he, it's kind of weird how we haven't asked any questions about what the future of Margot Robbie is. I guess we kind of assume she was good because she's in the Suicide Squad clique that he has created with his Suicide Squad movie. But I, we don't actually really know what her future is with DC, right? Well, I mean... Right now, I mean, you ask people about Harley Quinn, and they're talking about Lady Gaga. So yeah, already or they're talking about the, the the DC animated show on HBO Max, or now Max, as they're calling it. Yeah, and so, I mean, you know, from what, again, from what some of these people, you know, on the inside are saying, you know, on Twitter, they're not, you know, ruling out that she'll be back. They're saying this is just, this is something separate, and that, you know, as far as they know, she's still involved with DC, but... I mean, like you said, I mean, we got a slate, and the 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 slate. I don't see anything where we're definitely supposed to be seeing Harley Quinn uh, when it comes to DC. So I mean, Ken, though, I could argue in Sham. I could argue that if she gets, she lands a Sue Storm role. I could argue she's going to be playing two of the top five most influential women in all of superhero media, which is insane if you think about that. They'd be like someone playing Batman and Wolverine. 
Yep. Right? I mean, that's, um, like, not even arguable, right? Like, that's the, like, I mean, once Sue Storm and Harley Quinn? I, yeah, once the X-Men are introduced, well, that, though, again, we don't know when the heck that will even be. But once the X-Men are introduced, I think that'll that'll change the rankings a little bit. But, um, but <laughs> I'm not yeah. even talking about movies. I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about, I'm talking about those characters. I'm not even talking about the movies. So, I'm saying right, include I, I, X-Men. I, I, EJ, I just got. I was just gonna say you should. Uh, you should create like a. You should. Have, you should get like a sound uh, to play whenever we bring up the X Men. <laughs> <You know, laughs> Yo, honestly, <laughs> that's a good point. I gotta. I gotta find that X Men '97 little like theme they played during mm-hmm. the movie. I mean, I don't know if they'll take oh, it down on our podcast for <laughs> to playing oh, it. Yeah. They, they shouldn't because oh, yeah. it's, it's only oh, like wow. three seconds, so I don't think they would actually. Or every time um, we start bemoaning that we don't have the X Men, yeah, honestly, uh, you've now inst- you've inspired me. The next time, um, I'm not gonna edit it in now, but the next time yeah. we do a podcast, I, it is the listeners, I, I will include it. I will find that sound, and I have a soundboard that I play sounds all the time from, um, and like just like I played the Car Craig sound, and yes, that is a good point. That's a great addition. That would be awesome. <laughs> but sorry, I mean, Sham, I mean, think about it though. I mean, um. Size Wonder Woman. Are you giving me three other people more influential than Sue Storm and Harley Quinn right now? I don't. I don't think there are. I don't think there I don't are. Know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I um, and look, maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm just not as connected to the like the the Fantastic Four and their. So that's interesting. I was gonna ask: Are you going on the Fantastic Four side, or the, so you're I'll you're say, you're yeah. giving me Harley Quinn, but you won't give me Sue Storm yeah. as top five. Two Storm is like, oh yeah, I'm giving like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm definitely giving you Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is a given. Those are two um, very different characters because like Harley oh, yeah. Quinn is like your modern, you know, is like completely. It's only in the modern era, whereas like Sue Storm in the modern era has been irrelevant in like like you know as far as like pop culture is concerned, you know. But like twenty years ago, I mean, again, Harley Quinn was barely a thing and. Sue Storm I mean, Twenty years ago, I call you Hitler. Sue Storm was the most influential women female superhero. Yeah, her and Wonder Woman. You know. Yeah. So like. Right. Yeah. That's that's that's. I'm, the, I'm still. She's still in my top. Trade off. I don't know. I'll but give yeah, you Wonder Woman, and I'm, I'm not. I don't see two people that are claiming her. I know Jean Grey and Storm are both big time characters. Yeah, I'm yeah, not giving. You, I'm not giving you both of them. I don't know. I mean, I think. I think. I'm know. not giving you both of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, and like I said, I don't know what the landscape is in the in in the in the current you know Marvel comics. You know, like I don't know, but I think it would be my I top five. For, I, I, I'll, I'll give you my top five. People, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rank them, but my top five would be Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Sue Storm, Catwoman. To me, like the last one is either Jean Grey or Storm. I could go either way for different reasons. For today, right. I'll say Jean Grey. That would be my top five of most influential okay. and most impactful female superheroes, or it's a super, it's a female superhero characters. See, and, and it's important that you made the distinction of not even on not on screen because I would even make the case that Wanda right now is definitely more popular than Sue Storm. Ooh, um, that's the that's the thing. Right there, are, now. there are some you know there are characters that 
similar to Harley Quinn in many ways that like are bigger now than you know. Yeah, like, that's there, what, there, I'm there, talking there, just there, like there, now. There, there are people that that watch that are like casual, you know, Marvel fans that like may not know who Sue Storm is, but will know who Scarlet Witch is or know who Black Widow is, and that's like it's not fair, but. Yeah, which you I know. guess just in the history, the, the right. historical canon may be like blasphemous yeah. or whatever. But, but I mean, it's, we're talking. It but, but I, you know, I think I guess EJ's talking not necessarily about the casual viewer, but more so to the, you know, the hardcore fan. That's like it's almost it's it's crazy. You know, it's like almost blasphemous to have the same. I think I think the re- I think to, I think that what bolster Sue Storm's cr- case is. Those people need movies to people to for people to know who the hell they are. I'm keeping it hundred. Like, without a movie, you wouldn't know who Scarlet Witch is. I'm not saying you, the listener, you're probably very into this stuff. It's talking about you, your aunt, you, your grandpa, you, your whatever. You wouldn't know who these characters are. Everyone knew who Stoom Storm was before any Fantastic Four movie came out. Like, yeah, everybody knows the Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's a simple concept. So that's 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 why I made the case. So I think Shamar makes a good point about Black Widow and definitely Scarlet Witch. Um, real quickly on the Banderas side of this with the Galactus stuff. Any thoughts on? I mean, it, it feels like Galactus is definitely happening. It, it sounds like maybe yeah, the, I mean, the, latest, the latest rumors sound like maybe Silver Surfer won't happen in this film, which is a little annoying. But like it Doom sounds won't like happen in this film either. Yeah, but it sounds like Galactus at least is happening. I'll 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 just jump in real quick and say I'm yeah. not a fan of the idea of them doing Galactus, um, in the first movie. That's just that's just my. So when you say doing Galactus, do you mean? Because like I still have doubts, even if he's in this movie, that like he's in the movie for like that he's like right. the main villain or like, like the very least like, like they're scrapping yeah, with was, him. Like I still feel like, like it's gonna be. More like, uh, like he's in the distance, kind of like, you know, pulling the strings of other people or pulling the strings that are getting yeah. in, in the Fantastic Force. Well, I mean, look, do, if he, do, if, do you think he's in the movie or do you think he's like a post credits scene? I mean, if they, if they've cast, it sounds like he's in the movie. Okay. Like if if he's Dormammu in Doctor Strange, I'm not. I can't complain. I, that's, that's. I feel like that was a cool moment. That that was that was a cool moment. It was a. You know, and but like, and I, I mean, he's definitely not going to be a cloud, so that's already an upgrade from, you know, what we've had in the past. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like Marvel's got to descale a little bit, as opposed to going to like Galactus level threat uh, for the first Fantastic Four movie. But I don't know. We don't. We, there's still a lot of things we don't know about this Fantastic Four team. I mean, this may not be their first rodeo. You know, they may. You know, this may not be an origin story. I, you know, may have reason to believe it won't be an origin story just based off of that's not what they did with Spider-Man. So, I mean, it's possible that, you know, Galactus will make a lot of sense. But, um, but I, I don't know. I just would have preferred them to do Doom. But I guess, they, you know, we've already seen Doom twice against Fantastic Four and it didn't really work uh, as well as they would have liked. So, they're going in a different direction. But honestly, like, I'm not saying you have to do... If you, I don't think it's like if we don't do Doom, we got to do Galactus. Like you can do Mole Man and make it make that a good movie, but um, 
But we knew when they were doing when they brought in Matt Shackman and they were they pulled him off of Star Trek because they wanted their own version of Star Trek that that meant that it was going to be a more galactic type of movie, no pun intended. So I think Banderas, yeah, I I think Banderas would be a great voice to be Galactus. Um, I think he'd be really good. Did you hear the rumor? I don't know if Grace Randolph is right about this or this is just like nonsense. He had a rumor that, that apparently Denzel rejected that role. Denzel Washington? Yes, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Be Denzel Washington. It was offered the role and rejected being Galactus. That, that's, that's good. That's that's a smart decision right there. That's, you ain't got to waste the time doing that. Yeah, that's smart. That's how I, I would say I, that. I that's smart money. That as well. Yeah, and now, I think the people that are saying, oh, Galactus doesn't give good dialogue, that that's not necessarily true. He actually has a really good dialogue in the comics. But he's just too... I don't want to use the word goofy, because we've been calling for him to be you know, fixed after what we saw in that terrible Rise of the Surfer, Surfer movie. But, like, I don't know. It's just a little too... Denzel should be like an actual person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want him being just like this entity, this big being. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he needs no. to be more. He, 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 that's almost, that's almost too much. Like, you need to actually yeah, be able to like he's... utilize his full acting chops, and that feels like something that would be kind of like a, a throwaway. Like, if you yeah. you can sign Denzel to be right. Galactus. You need to sign Denzel to be Doctor Doom. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah. if he's willing to do that, like he, you, you need to do something a lot more with his like ability. Yeah, that's too goofy. I, I I think I would see the goofiest. I like I think the Equalizer, the movies are the movie that's coming out. That's the goofiest I could see Denzel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like, I don't think he's gonna go yeah, any goofier than that. I mean, we saw them do that with Kurt Russell's ego, and they James Gunn was able to morph it in a way where we see he was still effective, but. In the end, it still kind of came off kind of goofy. Yeah, it um, still kind of yeah, it still fell a little flat. At least for us, I think it seems like again, it's like weird. Like the weirdness era now. People keep saying that movie was really, really good. I'm like, I don't know. That ending was. I mm-hmm. loved that movie up until that last act. Now I will say this again. I don't. I don't know what to believe with all rumors. Uh, what rumors are true? What rumors are not? Mm-hmm. But. There was a rumor going out there uh, from the same, you know, leak community that suggested that uh, Marvel, you know, when there was all this talk about Mila Kunis being a part of this movie, that she was not playing uh, Sue Storm, but that she was in line to potentially be playing uh, the thing and that uh, they were not going to do Ben Grimm, but that they may be doing uh, Sharon Ventura. Uh, who is the the she thing or the the female thing, whatever you want to call her? Um, I the I don't necessarily have a problem with uh, on this on the on the surface, like the idea that there's a female thing, or you know that that's something that you know that they want to ponder. I, but what it what bothers me is 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 I I, I question. And, he, and I'm not saying the chances are they're not doing that. You know, there have been some reports now saying that 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 they are going to probably be doing Ben Ben Grimm. But the, if that was something that they thought about seriously, then I then I question where Marvel's head is at. And if they mm-hmm. 
if if they have are in the right headspace to be making this movie right now because I don't think that they understand that we haven't had a good fantastic a really good Fantastic Four movie yet. And it's like they've already tried the unconventional Fantastic. Well, not they, but it has already been tried the unconventional Fantastic Four. That was right. that terrible second Fox version, like where right. like. Sue Storm was adopted and Johnny was black. Like, like we we did yeah, we did all this already. It was dark and brooding. Like, yeah, we did all this already. Sci-fi. Like, they they tried the they tried that and and it it obviously didn't work. Um, and it just again, Mil Kunis, like on the surface, it's not even like it's a terrible idea just from like yeah. a cast perspective. Yeah, I can definitely see. I see her probably more as as that character than I do in Sue Storm. But Right, I like Yeah. But I don't but again, I, I just they gotta understand and I think they do because I don't think that's gonna happen, but they gotta understand like that's just not nobody wants to see that right now. And that, no. it feels like that's one of those ideas that you throw out there, see how people react. And then when the the pitchforks and the the mob comes out, you say that we were never actually considering that. That's fake news. And I feel like that's what's happening, but mm. the fact that that came out, like nobody just makes that up, you know, like that, is, that doesn't come from nowhere. Yeah, I would assume. And, and, and in some ways, it makes sense considering I mean, you have a She-Hulk character that you want to push. Maybe you're saying, well, you know, the Hulk's kind of going away. You know, maybe it doesn't make sense to do the thing, but maybe it makes more sense to have a She thing that can sort of rival with She-Hulk, and that could be a duo. And but I just again I think it's bad I, I think it's a bad idea um, and uh, hopefully I just hope it doesn't illustrate other problems that are going on in Marvel Studios. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, that would be that would have been a, a, a to quote Joe Budden that would have been a two pack of ass if they decided to do that. And what's crazy is like as you said, like in a like. Mila Kunis absolutely encompasses a lot of the traits of Ben Grimm. Like, yeah, if we're just throwing out genders, like, Mila Kunis absolutely could play the thing. Like, her comedic timing, like, just like, like, her personality, I could absolutely see being the thing. The problem is to then begin that process of saying, well, how are we going to do this as a female thing? It's not going to be Ben Grimm. I guess it's going to be someone else, whether it's Sharon Ventura, who was the she thing, or if you're saying, okay, it's not Ben, it is Ben Grimm. Maybe Ben is not short for Benjamin, short for a female name. I don't know. But, like, once you start actually going through, like, what you would have to do, the CGI, the all the work, what that means moving forward with that character having to be a woman, like, it's, like, it's not worth it. Like it's not worth like nope. the trial the, the trial balloon. It's not worth like saying like saying like oh let's give this a shot. Like it, like as funny and as interesting as that could be. That's something I want to see on like a you know like a, like on Broadway. Like they want to do like a Broadway adaption of the Fantastic Four and Mila Kunis was staying. I'm like, all right. Uh, let's see what this is like. I think that she'd probably be really funny in that role. Like she's really she's a great actress. She's really funny. Um, and I think in many ways she encompasses a lot of like. Things I think about when I think of characteristics about the thing, but like, or an SNL skit, or yeah, or an SNL skit exactly in a actual freaking Marvel movie. Like, come on, that would have been ridiculous. So you're right, that would have yeah. been that would have been terrible. 
And I love yeah. Mila Kunis. I I I I, I agree. If Sue Storm seems like a little bit of a weird a weird one, but like even that because I respect her so much, I was like, I'll oh, see. I'll see. This is what they want to do. Thing would have been outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and shout out to Mila Kunis. She's a she's a great actress. I I like Mila Kunis and everything I've seen her in. Um, I mean, I'm with Kendall. So I'm with Kendall on both counts. I'm with Kendall on the on the Banderas take that I don't really want to see him as no, not that I don't want to see him. He's a great actor, but I don't. I probably don't need Galactus right now. I think, and I don't know if this is them trying to kind of. I, I don't know why I feel like I kind of got I got that fix that giant fix from from um, um, Eternals a little bit with the Celestials and I know I believe Galactus is supposed to be a Celestial I gonna say I think that was supposed to be like the like the, the kind piece. of bridge you know, like yeah. a bridge the introductory like the appetizer so to speak yeah but but that that was a whole meal I was good you know that was a whole meal for me mm-hmm. I don't need to see Galactus here now in this you know, I, I just don't need to see that. But you know, I agree with Kendall on that in that sense that I, I could probably do without that. And I also agree that I think with both of you guys that I don't know this. Yeah, this this wouldn't have worked um, uh, at all. And not again, not not having to do with Mila Kunis, just having to do with no one really wanting to see this. And, and I feel like Marvel needs to stop. Kind of, I feel like. They kind of need to just listen to what people are asking for, you know, and and I feel like there is um, honestly I like because they're established enough to where people are asking for a lot now. Even people that historically aren't even really comic book fans are now asking for this and that and they're interested in looking things up. And, and it's like, listen to what people are asking for. And they're they're not doing that, you know, and and. And I do agree with Kendall on that. Even the sense that this was even like just put out there is a little it's like what? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. why would you why would you like why is anyone that's suggesting something like this um in the room? And I hate to kind of be like that, but that's that's kind of what it is. Like you 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 need like no, I want to see like you know like the Avengers. You know, like okay, all right, you you killed some of them off and then who are the who's the next man up in the lineup, right? Like just yep. don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't try to to you know shake things up and do all this. Like Miss Marvel, great, perfect idea. New Avenger, young, you know, like add in new people. But like she th- like like what was it she thing or just, stop it? You know that's one of those things. Just like yeah. do that when you have way too much like content and you just need something extra to do but uh, that's something it's stuff where they're just that can't be the mc that can't be the mcu's fantastic no absolutely not i can't no throw it out in the garbage and that's something where it's like they're doing way too much they need to just look what do fans want to see give them what they want to see they do that they'll make more billion dollar movies It's, it's it's a very simple they're overthinking themselves out of the momentum, and again, we keep going on these Marvel rants, seems like every week now, but DC has a lot of momentum, and if this Flash movie is a hit, then they're going to have even more momentum, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, Marvel, yeah, and we'll see how Guardians does, but it's just like they're tripping over themselves constantly. So, yeah, I mean, I gotta agree with Kendall. 
yeah, I don't think any of us liked hearing that. Um, hopefully that won't happen and doesn't sound like it, but we'll have to see. We've seen people deny allegations before and then turn out to be those exact characters, you know, Tatiana Mazzani in the past, you know. So we'll see. As now, uh Kuhn is saying she had nothing to do with Fantastic Four. But uh, let's, let's continue to see how this whole thing shakes out. So staying with Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is set to open this week. And so far, the finale to the Marvel trilogy is getting good responses from critics. It currently has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, with many calling it a satisfying and emotional conclusion to the story of this ragtag group of misfits that turned into a big, loving family. Experts are currently eyeing a $120 million opening weekend for Guardians at the box office. So, Kendall, I know you said you've kind of been not trying to read so much about the Guardians stuff and the long as well as the Flash stuff, but based on what you've seen, the little bit you've seen, or just even that Rotten Tomatoes score, how do you feel about Guardians as we head into this uh, week with a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming out? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, seven, you know, 80%. I mean, you'll... I think that that's a mini win for Marvel. I mean, it's not a... It's not a slam dunk. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a sign of where we are with Marvel, where 80, you know, a couple years ago would have just been middle of the pack. But um, and it's not just Marvel. It's just, you know, some of these superhero movies in general. But 80, I mean, you'll you'll take it for a movie that, um, you know, I, I think obviously it's the finale of this group. Um, and, you know, it's just... This is just one of those movies where, where I think if you're Marvel, you just like just just don't be bad, um, you know. And and again, there's no reason to believe it will be bad because you know James Gunn has has done a good job. But you know, coming off Quantum Mania, where you know that one sits at 47, um, percent you'll take your 80 at this point, you know, because you've seen we've seen a lot worse, you know, with, with some of these movies. Um, so yeah, I, I think you definitely take that. Um, and it hasn't me excited for the movie. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm gonna like it or not. I feel pretty good about, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the Rocket Raccoon character. He's probably my favorite character in the Guardians. He has been since the since the first movie. So I'm excited that he seems to be the feature of this movie. Um, and and I'm excited to see where this movie goes because they, you know, certain actors and actresses. I mean. You know, Dave Batista's made it known for about a decade now. He's done with Marvel, and um, you know, you know, Zoe Sal- Saldana's basically uh, let it be known that she's she's done after this movie as well. So um, Chris Pratt's kind of indifferent about it. So we'll, I'm just curious to see where the story takes us um, because there's very very few send offs in Marvel. Just the way, just the way the the universe is structured, you know, no story is ever done. Um, so curious to see, you know, what they do with the Guardians brand going forward. Yeah. Sham, how are you feeling coming into this uh, third Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Um, I'm feeling pretty good, honestly. Um, I don't have any, any, um, and I feel like with the Guardians movies, 
at this point, it's like I don't have like my expectations aren't sky high through the roof. This thing's going to be like it, even and of course, Marvel does this with every single pro- property at this point. But, they, you know, all these quotes of oh, best Marvel thing since Endgame, which they come out with every now everything that comes out is the best thing since Endgame, of course. But, <laughs> you know, um, the best Marvel thing since Endgame. I'm like, I don't even need that to be the case. As long as it's good, it kind of has the same feel of same general feel as the other two and the other and Suicide Squad, the other James Gunn project. So I'm sure it will, you know, has heart in it, has some jokes, has some cool action scenes. Chris Pratt does his thing as as Star Lord, and you know, you got the rest of the cast. Of course, you know, Batista, Bradley Cooper, um, Zoe Saldana, etc. Like. They all do their thing. As long as they all do their thing, we get some cool Adam Warlock scenes. I'm chilling. I'm good. So I my expectations are are just to have a good Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It doesn't have to be the best movie in the world, but that's what I'm expecting. I get that, and I'm totally satisfied. I think Marvel kind of needs just a just a movie that is expected to do well to just do well. <laughs> yeah. if, if they get that, I think that'll be a good thing for them, and they can kind of take that and kind of ride that forward. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Kendall made a good point about eighty percent kind of having to be like what you kind of have to just be happy with at Marvel at this point. Like, I think Marvel's in a weird period. I think with the critics and the fans, and there seems to be a disconnect, and it almost feels like the critics are trying to reach the fans and their anticipation and their expectations for these movies. Um, and sometimes it's matching, sometimes it's not matching. So, and that's why you get an 80% here for a movie that a lot of people are saying it sounds really good. Um, but it could go either way based on what we've seen. I mean, we could either see a plummet as soon as this movie hits theaters on Thursday. Or we could see it kind of hold serve. I get the impression it will kind of hold serve where it is. I just think that the way Gunn does movies, I don't want to say they're former leg, but I just think he has a certain style that fits well with what Marvel likes to do and he has the perfect characters to do it. And I just think it's very hard. Even though like I've said that like, you know, I hated the last act of Guardians. Like I there's still a lot about that movie that I like and why I won't ever say it's a bad movie. Like I find it hard to believe that in this film that's probably the most important one to him, maybe of his career, maybe before he does Superman, that he would like botch this. So I think if if you're seeing an eighty percent before a movie comes out, I think you could feel pretty good that it's at least a solid movie. Um, I do, I do think that Kendall also saying that about this whole thing with Rocket, like it feels like he's the center of this movie. I mean, I think Gunn has said that over and over again. So I'm excited to see what that means. Um, I feel like these are characters that we've grown to love, but I also now do feel like for a lot of fans that it's like i think we're kind of waiting to see kind of okay wh- where is the story going is was there ever really an end you were trying to get to gun has absolutely said for a long time that this was a three-story arc that he wanted to do so i want to see how, how he closes it i think that this is going to be end up being a pretty good movie um there's always a little bit of a weird trepidation about a movie when you come in saying this is the last movie you got so many actors saying i'm never coming back it leaves you in a weird place about like the excitement for the future of Marvel because a lot of the people who watch this movie 
said that this is the best movie Marvel has done since Endgame. A lot of people saying that this is the best, you know, you know, beyond Phase Four, Phase Five movie that they've seen. And if you tell me this is the last time I'm seeing these characters together, it's like, well, how ex- like this is great, and I'll enjoy this movie within itself and to some degree maybe that's how i need to come into this movie like maybe some of the problem has been we've too been too focused on like what this movie means for the x-men and fantastic four and all the stuff coming in the future you know yep. secret wars and you know kang dynasty like maybe it's good to come in a movie thinking that hey like that's not what you need to be looking for you need to be just enjoying these characters for who they are but and that's always gonna still be in the back of my head not necessarily oh where's the x-men but just like even just like the future of these characters, saying you're telling me, okay, this is the end, and everybody doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. Um, that is like you know when you watch a show and you know the the, the show's getting canceled in the season finale or the last season. It's like it may be fun, you'll watch it, but in the back of your head, you just it'll be tough to really like be excited for like what's happening with that channel, whatever company and, you're watching for the future, when you know that this is probably the end of this run. And. and- the thing about it that to support that even more, EJ, is not even just the, the on-screen part of it. But then you know, I mean, the guy making the movie has made yeah, all he's literally movies. he's never gonna make another Marvel movie again. Yeah, like he's running the, the the rival company now. Like, you know, so so you know, if this movie, it's like a it's, it's a weird piece where it's like if this movie's great. You know, it almost highlights an, another problem that Marvel's right. Making. They just lost a great creator. Yeah. Yeah, great filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. That's why so, DC like is gonna let James Gunn do this movie because he's like, if they if it's good, it's like, great not, marketing for them. It's, yeah, it's great for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah, whole exactly. thing, this I mean, this. I know Kevin has said that he's happy for James. I'm sure he is, but he can't be happy for what this press run has meant for DC. He can't be happy with that. Because especially the timing of this coming out and then the next movie coming out being The Flash. The Flash like, and so much of the butt. Like, it, this almost doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. Like, yeah. if you, like, yeah, like when you see James Gunn everywhere, you see him doing the interview, you see him talking about the film. Every and, time and he, he's, every time he opens his mouth, he's got to answer questions about DC during this press junket. This movie, everybody keeps saying, we ain't never doing no Marvel movie after this. This almost yeah. doesn't feel like a Marvel, a Marvel yeah, movie. I, I mean, one, Kevin Feige cannot be happy with that. Am I the only one that feels like the the marketing campaign for this movie has been a lot more tempered than most other Marvel movies? I think they've done a lot of TV spots, but I think beyond the TV spots, it does like it just doesn't feel like Disney as a whole is like using its cross platforms to really push. This movie let me like, let me be clear, Kendall. This is not Ant Man. No, this the production the the push they made for Ant Man Quantumania is not what you're seeing for this. That uh, I think, yeah, definitely not. That I think I, like, I forgot the red carpet. I had to go back and be like, wait, was there a red carpet? And then I went back and watched a little bit of it, but like there wasn't this big like thing of come check out the Guardians of the Galaxy red carpet pre show, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah, they did, and and I think another thing that kind of adds to the, to the the um, uh, to the marketing, and to this whole kind of Guardians and James Gunn and this not really being pushed, that the team also doesn't really it's not as linked with everybody else. 
Um, so it's yeah, very yeah, I mean, they tried to make connections to Thor, and then they kind of like severed it immediately. Yeah, they severed that in the in the last movie, basically. Um, so now they're just like off. They're just off doing their own thing again. So it's you know, there's nothing to really connect this to. So, um, which I, I'm gonna be honest, it's not the worst thing in the world in terms of just you know they still could have marketed this this more and i think it could have still been successful not everything needs to be so connected i'm not watching this thing where's where's you know where's iron heart where's uh you know where's this one where's that like i don't need everything to be so like interconnected but that's another thing that just kind of isolates this movie from everything else i do wonder and maybe this is a weird take but like i do wonder if like from everything I've seen, this is an extremely emotional movie. Multiple people saying that they've cried several times watching this movie. I wonder if Marvel had some trouble, maybe even trepidation, about how to push this movie ahead. Because this, we know there's going to be last James Gunn film. But if this is like a really emotional story, like nobody expects that from the Guardians. So like, how do you promote that? Like it feels like they tried to play this middle game with a lot of the promotion, though I think they, they think they've leaned into some of the emotional parts of it. But like, if you lean into what this movie is going to be, maybe that becomes really dark and it's not something they really want people who are known of the Guardians for happy, fun, laughing, good times. Like maybe that's not what they want to push. Maybe they want people to kind of just take the movie in for what it is and not necessarily let the promotion give that away. Uh, I don't know. So it's something that is just as we were talking, kind of maybe kind of crossed my head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that um, you know, you. I mean, you. That that's always the the delicate game that you have to play with movies like that. Um, you know, um, I mean, I'm just curious to see, and it also could be part of part of it. Could be like you know, like you guys mentioned it's not really connecting to anything else. So it's like, what else, you know, like why, I mean, you, you push it cause you want it to make a lot of money, but like, they can't be like, Oh, see this movie before you see X movie, you know, like it's just the end of the, it's the end of the line for a lot of these characters. So it's just one of those things. It's the third one. So it's like, it sells itself. If you like the first two, come see the third one. If you didn't, you know, probably not going to like this one cause it's not teasing anything else, but um yeah no i mean i'm I'm fascinated to see i mean i think i mean the box office should be the first movie that beats mario beats the super mario movie in the box office yes so uh that's quite the uh quite the accomplishment but i'm curious to see how it does um yeah guardians of the galaxy volume three coming out this week i did uh i wanted to ask you guys what did you guys uh uh, have as a prediction, uh, any bold predictions, and if you guys do have a prediction, what do you guys think could potentially happen in any in, a, in any post credit scene? I think for me, my maybe it's a cop out, but my prediction for one or of the mid credit scenes or post credit scene, if there is more than one, will be somehow continuing the Adam Warlock character forward in a way that will 
make people still invested in him. I don't think he'll be a one and done. That's the final way to do that. But I think maybe he's not done in the time allotted in the film. But I think maybe that's something that's done in the uh, post credit scene. Um, that's a good guess, EJ. I wouldn't be surprised if that would happen. Um, if I had to guess, I, I mean, honestly, so, I mean, I would guess one of, at least one, if not both are Kang related, but outside of that, um, because that's just the easy answer. Um, I think we can have at least one of the guardians. I don't know what's going to happen in this movie. If it was going to die or anything like that, but I think at least one of the guardians linking up or kind of separate from the group going in a different direction and we see that that guardian or couple of guardians is maybe gonna link up with other future you know avengers members and whatnot so i think it'll be yeah something like that one of the someone in the team is going to be kind of off doing their own thing and maybe like gonna link up with people in another movie also, maybe look out for something involving, like, Nova. Maybe an introduction to Nova as a character, even. So that would be my other guess. Do you have one, Kendall? Yeah. Um, see, the only thing about the only thing about Kang at this point is that I don't know what, with all the Jonathan Major stuff. I mean, they can't, they can't change the movie now. But yeah, I mean, like, do you man. take a scene out? Like, I, don't, I can't imagine they would have done that. <laughs> it all happened you know, so recently. So. Yeah, 100%. And they haven't made a decision, obviously, in terms of uh, how they're going to move forward. But that is be awful timing if that's the case. But, um, but no, I mean, for me, I I like where both of you guys heads at. I think, I think there's a strong chance that uh, we do get – I won't say a strong chance, but I think there is a chance that we get uh, some sort of tease uh, or hint towards – Nova being a thing, whether it's Richard Ryder, whether it's Sam Alexander, that we get some sort of Nova tease. And I, and I also agree with Shamari that I think uh, we do get one of the Guardians going off and in, in, in not into the sunset, but I, but I think we actually get one of the Guardians or a couple of them forming, starting the formation of the next team. Mm. And that we, that that they will be that they're not ending the brand, but that they're just they're gonna mix the roster up. You know, we might get Howard the Duck, or we might get you know Nova or some other characters along with Adam Warlock, and that that'll be that'll that we'll get that tease in, the, in a post credit scene. Yeah, that that feels like. I mean, I think both of you guys are definitely like on on a good track with that. I could definitely see that being um, the case. I am looking forward to this film. I, I just I, I want to see what's gonna happen. Um, I'm nervous because I, I'm I as I gotten older. I told you guys I cry at movies all the time now. So now people keep saying how emotional this is, and now they're saying if you're like an animal lover, this is tough. I'm like I just got a dog. Like oh man, like are they really gonna kill me with this one? So um, I, I'm ready for it. I guess I, I think I'm ready. I don't know. I do want to watch it though. Guardians of the Galaxy coming out this week, Volume Three. We'll have a review for you uh, most likely next week. So make sure you guys are looking out for that because I can't wait. I love our episode, our movie reviews, and, and this should be a good one. It's the it's, uh, end of an era when it comes to the Guardians of the Galaxy. So let's wrap the, today's podcast talking about the buzz remaining positive for The Flash. Um, they had another trailer come out. 
It was pretty show-stopping, it seems to be, for a lot of people who watched it. Uh, the recent footage shows more of the action and the conflict behind the story, which finds Barry Allen realizing he has made a mistake going back in time to save his mother from being killed and in turn saving his father from rotting in a prison cell. Uh, as it turns out, the new world that he's being created is now being invaded by General Zod, a world that's uh, without a Superman, though we see Supergirl join the fight and help him along with the likes of you know Ben Affleck's Batman and Michael Keaton's Batman try to fight Zod. Uh, Michael Keaton's Batman uh, starts the trailer with a really well-written, well-delivered monologue about you know how he committed his life to fighting crime as his way to pay homage to his parents and Barry was able to just change his his parents destiny like that pretty much uh, very well written I don't know if I've really seen I know what's happened because people have written a million so I don't know if I've really seen like Batman and Barry kind of like think about talk about that in that kind of regard uh, really well delivered um, so that trailer came out I've dug it. I'll see what my guys think about it in a second. But meanwhile, some comments that are raising eyebrows came from the production designer for this movie, uh, Paul Osterberry. He said that Mill's performance in the movie would make people forget their criminal behavior from this past year, which seems controversial to me at the very least. So I'll start there, Sham, before we get into the stuff with the trailer. And by the way, James Gunn also saying that um, it's kind of up in the air what Ezra Mills' future is with DC. But Sham, how do you feel about those sentiments from Paul Osterberg? They got a lot of comments when he said that about Ezra Miller and this performance make people forget about their recent erratic behavior. Uh, well, for, well, I mean, first of all, comments like that aren't, are going to ensure people don't forget oh, um, yeah. about what happened. I mean, if, if he doesn't want PE, if he wants people to forget you don't talk about it. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's just he's kind of going against his own point and even saying something like that. But that's just not a good sentiment to, to have in general um, with, you know, what Ezra Miller did, what what we know Ezra Miller did. And then what Ezra Miller is also, I guess, accused of doing um, and may, maybe denies or or what have you. Um, it. Yeah, it's just it's it's not a good sentiment to have. To, to it just shows an alarming uh, lack of care for uh, the victims of Ezra's behavior, um, and just a lack of character, a lack of you know decency, I guess, care about about you know just behaving in a in a in a, in a manner that is acceptable. Um, you know, in public, it, it, I mean, it's just it's very strange and disturbing uh, to me. So I, I definitely don't agree with those comments. I think it's very sad and unfortunate that those comments were made. Um, but I, I am curious to see how this movie does. I think the trailers have been very, uh, very big, very uh, generate a lot of buzz. And, um, you know, I'm 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 curious to see how this movie is. I mean, hopefully it is a good movie. I still have very mixed feelings about Ezra Miller, you know, being the star of this movie. Um, uh, but we'll see how everything goes. Yeah. And it, 
I think that Kendall, there's going to need to be, I, I mean, there are people who are paying for it right now. Like, people need to be very careful how they talk about this as a real thing. And I mean it from the folks that are ready to heap praise onto this film, people working on this film that are proud of the work that they did. Um, I know we all got love for uh, uh, Stephen Frosty Weintraub of Collider. We've talked about his work a bunch on this show. We talked about his reactions to movies on the show. And I do want to talk about why we were getting so many reactions to this movie so early. That seemed a little weird. But, I mean, along with that comment from the production designer, Stephen, who watched the movie, you know, tweeted a tweet that went viral in a bad way where he's like, the Flash is fantastic. I know Ezra has made a lot of mistakes, but they are so good in this movie. And he goes on to talk about the other stuff. But, I mean, this ended up having like 2,000 comments and 2,000 quote tweets um, because of the, the, the line about Ezra making mistakes, but they're so good. Like, I don't know why there is this need, Kendall, to, through people's talent, feel like they can try to erase like things that are very dark or things that are very unsavory about folks and try to push that away through showing us how talented they are. It doesn't sit right with me considering everything we're dealing with, with a Jonathan majors where we all seem to have, well, can I say we all, because a lot of folks who don't seem to understand, but enough people seem to understand that regardless of Jonathan majors talent, this is something that has to be investigated and figured out before we can kind of move forward with figuring out what to do with him. And the Ezra thing felt like it never really got adjudicated. I mean, he, they, sorry, did have court dates. I guess they did plead guilty to certain things, but it didn't seem like DC didn't do anything. A Marvel, a Warner didn't do anything as we, at least as we know of, other than say, Hey, you need to get help, dude, or person. Um, but like, I don't know. These comments, the, 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 the frosty tweet, like, I just feel like we're going to be in for some nasty work for the next month, and I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, this is a delicate situation. I mean, I don't want to go as far as say I have sympathy, but I think that they're... But, I mean, reviewers are going to be in a tough spot, you know, when it comes to this deal, because, like, the movie's coming out, whether we like it or not. The, you know, he's in the movie, and... You know, these people are going to give their honest takes on how they feel about the movie. Uh, there has to be a separation between the the two the two parts of it. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that there should be comments like you know we're going to forget about everything Andrew Miller did because of this movie. I mean. That, that's just especially for someone that worked on the movie but like i don't know like that that that's that's more high that's the most hyperbolic thing i've heard since you know you know the grizzly said we're not bringing dylan brooks back under any circumstance you know <laughs> like <laughs> like what do, what do we mean by we're gonna forget you know we're, we're gonna totally forget about everything that that's happened with ezra miller um i mean i the only reason and I my about, and my question is like why should their performance have anything to do with whether or not we forget? That's my problem. Like, I think that, like, how that's being couched even is ridiculous. Like, yeah. because they did a good acting job, we're going to forget 
why like why yeah, why should that happen like, like that like that yeah, should yeah, not happen like, it, it should not happen we should not forget that Ezra assaulted people allegedly though I think he probably gives you that allegedly kidnapped people may have allegedly did threaten people I think he did plead guilty to that like we we saw them choke some woman on camera that we saw we should forget about that because they did well in a movie well, I, like I come on say, like, like there's a know, way I'm not, only... i know this is hard for these folks is a very delicate situation i'm not saying your kids in the past i'm just talking like right yeah like come on they gotta be better than that like that that's that's ridiculous yeah and and, and that's the thing is like there is there is all there's a line between separating the two and using the other using one thing to to overshadow the other you know and and that's 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 a line that you can't you can't cross. I mean, I, if you wanna if you wanna say in your review, I mean, we're we're only talking about the movie. Um, you know, no matter your opinion of this person, I mean, it's it's like I mean, you guys go on you know sports talk and you talk about you know the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you're not going on there talking you know saying Deshaun Watson had a great game <laughs> doesn't mean that. You know, I support everything Deshaun Watson. You know, as a as that's a, like why as, the as way they're couching this is so stupid. Just say, yeah, Ezra I mean, was great. I, imagine, uh, imagine a, 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 a football analyst saying, yeah, I mean, the way Deshaun Watson is going to play this season can make us forget everything about everything. I mean, <laughs> so like, that's what, I mean that, that that person that would be this, that person would be right on the on the unemployment line the next day. <laughs> that that's what this guy is saying, you know, like or if Kevin Stefanski, if Kevin Stefanski or the, you know their QB coach came out, I was like, yeah, yeah, Andrew no, Berry, yeah, 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 came out saying, yeah, don't worry, the way he plays, you guys can forget all about you know anything else that's happened. Well, you can't, you just can't say that. So no, I mean, I feel like. Um, there is a way in which you can separate the two and just acknowledge, you know, that two things can be true at the same time. You know, he that that Ezra Miller could have a great performance uh, in this movie, but that you know they also have some complicated, uh, you know, stuff about their past, and you have to uh, acknowledge the two. But um. I mean, again, this is going to be a tough. This is going to be an interesting situation because, we, I mean, we know the movie's good. I mean, that that that's not really a hot take at this what, point. Really, the way they Kendall Kendall it. Kendall is that's a we need to put that on record. Kendall's saying we I mean, know that, this movie is good. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can I can go that far. Shamar's going that far as well. DC. Wow. I mean, we've got you know them saying it's 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 a it's a Mount Rushmore super. Lifting an embargo on people being able to talk about what they're seeing in the context of the movie a month and a half before the movie comes out. Why do they think that that was? Do they really think they need that much goodwill? And do you think well, this is yeah. only we're going to see moving forward? I was going to say I was like they didn't have to show the movie at CinemaCon. Like I mean, no, I'm, I'm shocked CinemaCon. they showed it. That that's crazy to me. Like Marvel has never shown, at least in the in the in modern in their modern history like they haven't shown a full movie at a you know at a, at a convention i don't yeah I, I don't think they've yeah. ever shown a full movie like i feel like there have been times they've shown parts of avengers and people were going crazy but i don't know I, I don't think they've ever shown a movie at like any yeah. of these like film conventions yeah like that's that that's uh that's a bold strategy um i mean look obviously again they're confident about the film and 
you know, the reactions have, for the most part, supported it. I, I think that were they a little overconfident in the sense that, like, you know, like it hadn't been some unanimous thing about this being the greatest movie of all time, maybe. But I think they knew. I think they know what they're doing. I think they know it's not probably not going to be unanimously viewed as a top three super movie ever. But, but like you said, they but they do know for a fact it's, it's a very good film and they're confident in it. So they know just over overrated just so that we get people to see it and then no one's going to say it's a terrible movie. So it, in in the end, it'll be, it'll work for them. But but I just again I just feel like the movies has a, like in terms of hype. I don't think anything from CinemaCon changed the amount of people that are going to go see this movie. Um, people were going to go see it anyway. Uh, I don't think people are more likely to go see it now. Um, if anything, just, you know, your your favorite YouTuber, you know, reviewer or whatever may have seen it now and saying they, they enjoy it. But I, a month out before before it's out, like I just think it makes it hard for some of these people to even talk about the movie because this is like I've seen the movie, but I can't talk about it. So like you know, I don't know. I think it's weird. Um, I'm gonna be I, I'm gonna be more disconnected from the flash, the flash, the build up to the movie because I know there's a large segment of people that have already seen it. A large segment of people talking about it at least have already seen it. So I'm not gonna be looking at reviews of ex youtuber or yeah. not reviews but like previews from ex youtuber that's probably already seen the movie yeah yeah i i yeah I, I would agree with that too um man it's just time because it's just cinemacon was happening at this time and i don't i mean would they have shown it a month ago if cinemacon was a month ago i don't know i guess but like i'm just wondering like is this something we could see Moving forward, will we will be seeing? Will they be putting DC films on on a film festival? Is like, where like why why this movie? Is there a chance they're doing this because this is the end of an era regarding the pre James Gunn era? Like uh, James Gunn, by all accounts, inherited this film. I don't know how much was changed since he got on. There were rumors maybe Cavill and Gal Gadot were taken out, but we don't know that for sure. Like. Is that part of it? They're saying, look, this is going to end up changing a lot of things anyway, or none of this that we're doing now is going to be uh, affected with the Flash moving forward, so we like, we can just show it doesn't matter. Like, that, I, will... I think, would be interesting. That that I, I don't think that that's nothing in this equation of why they were willing to show that entire film. I, I will say this. Um, well, I don't know if Shamari's got to take on it. I'll let Shamari go before I uh, jump back in. What do you think, Sham? Um, on what specifically? Like on on the idea of like, is this something we'll be seeing from DC in the future? And like, is the fact that this potentially being like a world-ending kind of movie have anything to do with why they decided to show it? Uh, um, I mean, I, I feel like you can make a case for why that could be an, a reason not to show it. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like you can kind of you can kind of go both ways with it. Um, I could see that being that being a thing for them. They want to just kind of showcase it. They want to get it out to people and just what do you think, please? And just, you know, kind of get get the whole frenzy going and 
maybe this is a maybe you know this could be coming from the very top too as well. Maybe Zaslav and you know and and is uh, kind of saying I want results. I want to see something from this you know plan that I I apparently have in place. You know, let's get it going. Let's get the buzz going. You know, he's just you know. So I don't know. It, it's there's I feel like there's a lot of different possibilities, but um, but I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I, I will say on that note a little bit um you know i saw the you know the question you know james gunn was asked about ezra miller at the guardians premiere red carpet uh and he gave very much a non-answer like i i don't want to touch that right now and yeah. i don't think i don't think ezra miller is gonna be back i think that this is i agree with you swan song for ezra in dc and I think that in their minds, they're like, you know, salute. You did a great job on this film. You know, you probably screwed us in terms of <laughs> the box office a little bit. But, you know, you, you did a great job. We're going to transition to a new, to a completely new universe, probably a new Flash going forward. And that'll be it. But they're not going to say that right now because they have to let people see the movie. And I don't even know if it's 